I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to this FT Work and Careers podcast, Meet the Fit Hacks. I'm Isabel Berwick, Executive Editor of FT Work and Careers, and I did not run the London Marathon. But I'm joined by two people who did, FT journalists Patrick McGee and Laura Noonan. Welcome both. Hello. Hello. The good news is we're still alive. <laughs> Quite. And you've sprinted into the studio to talk about how you got on in the race and about your wider project, which is um, a challenge to each other and to FT readers to spend the next year competing to become, and this is their words, not mine, fitter, healthier and faster. Laura and Patrick will then run the marathon in April 2019 and see how things have changed. So let's kick off with this weekend's marathon, which will form the benchmark for the beginning of your challenge. Uh, Patrick and Laura, how did you get on? And let's start with Laura, because I think you have something to announce. Um, it was a very tough day. It was very hot, but I did set a uh, personal best in the marathon, which was great. Um, so that was 4.45, which is the best I've done by about seven minutes. But I feel it's kind of an unfair benchmark for the challenge because Patrick's time was a good bit slower than a previous time he did. So he can improve on it probably like next week if, if he reminded you. <laughs> what? Uh, so I ran the Paris Marathon two weeks ago. Uh-huh. In 3.29, which was great, but it's a very poor training idea. And it's because I didn't think I was going to be able to run London. And when that opportunity came up, I didn't want to cancel Paris. So I did London in 3.57. So compared to 3.29, obviously, that's not great. And so, yeah, maybe you're right that if you set a PB and I sort of (laughs) sabotaged half an hour later than your your recent (laughs) one. Then it makes it easier for me. Yeah, maybe. Well, we'll make that clear on the the update. So perhaps Laura will. Let's keep that secret. So... How is this going to work? Just explain to the readers how you're going to measure your fitness in the months ahead. Patrick, can you give us a bit of an overview? So both of us went to the good folks at Nuffield and we took tests to uh, determine our resting heart rate, our VO2 max. Uh, What's a VO2 max? It's uh, oxygen uptake. Lung capacity and how you use in your general fitness. I was told that my score was a very improvable one (laughs) (laughs) a backhanded compliment if I ever heard when Patrick got on a lot better I got like in the middle range are excellent but they said if I want to run a sub three marathon I'd have to get to superior and I got on the borderline range between fair and good which seemed pretty harsh to me (laughs) so there you go so you have a big advantage then too if we're measuring this by yeah, so the idea is that we measure off of a number of different metrics. So we have the various metrics that we got around our base fitness from the Nuffield. We were planning to measure it on the most improved time from the London Marathon. As I just said, I think that's kind of unfair now that Patrick's time was slower <laughs> than his time. So we may have to revisit that metric. Yeah. And then the loss of the challenges, we're going to try and either do a different training regime every month or try and do a monthly incremental challenge along the way. And the field is wide open for the readers who want to come onto to the um, comments thread or who want to like tweet us and give us ideas for other challenges that we can take on over the year. Okay, so there's already a huge number of very lively comments under your article. Can the readers actually see how you're getting on? Is there going to be real-time data? 
It's, I don't think we've made them public yet, but I'm quite comfortable putting my Strava data out there. Yes, I think the idea is we are going to update the um, comments right on the article with the links to both of our Strava presences. That will allow the, any reader who's also on the Strava app to see how many miles we run, at what pace, where, if, as we integrate other kinds of fitness, Strava can also log like cycling, it can log like swimming. So the readers can actually follow us there in real time if I, they want to. I have an idea, but I haven't cleared it by this company that I won't mention yet, where you would actually be able to compete against me and Laura. And if I can set that up, then we'll announce that and people could actually try to sort of compete with our training regimen and either meet it or or fail. Cool. The joys of technology. Yeah. So it's not just about the running, though, is it? One of your goals, Patrick, is to be in it. You're a swimmer as well. I'm not a swimmer. Oh, you're not a swimmer. I'd like to change that. Okay, so you want to change I have a story of a miserable event a few (laughs) years ago in Hong Kong when I thought, because I was running trail marathons at the time, that surely I could do a two-mile swim because in marathon terms, two miles is nothing. So I tried an open water swimming mm-hmm. competition and um, I had to be rescued twice. Um, okay. I'll leave that for another column. So that'll be another yeah, yeah. column or podcast. Uh, and uh, Laura, you want to complete a triathlon and you're also scared of animals on the trail. Perhaps we could delve a little bit further into that psychological So I've done some thicket. of my fastest ever running in the Irish hills when I've seen cows. So there are Irish trail races where and there are cows in the field. And if anyone's ever been in a field that has a lot of cows, they can look like they're very far away and like they're moving very, very slowly. But actually then suddenly they're right. They're just there. And cows are big and cows are scary. I've also encountered like monkeys running in Singapore, these black boar pig thing on a trail Patrick recommended in Asia, in, in Hong Kong. Um, so I'm, I don't like the wild because I'm scared of animals and dogs and things are going to come and eat me. But I do hear that it, it is a very nice place to run. It's also easier on your knees, apparently, running yeah. on trails. So I would like to get more comfortable with trails and with the wild animals. On running a triathlon, or sorry, on competing in um, a triathlon, that was a fairly hastily added goal where I felt like I should just kind of put something in there that I hadn't done before. I hadn't given it a whole lot of thought. I also can't swim that well. I could probably cycle, but the swimming would be a real challenge for me. And the other thing that gets me about doing a triathlon is the idea of being in the water with that many people and their limbs around you and getting like someone else's foot in your cheek and that kind of thing. I've never swam in that kind of close quarters. And some of the triathlons, especially the Irish ones, are on in water that you wouldn't particularly want to get into. So I've got to give that part of it a lot more thought. Okay, so there's quite a lot going on here for you to in the in the next year. But just for the readers, what what first got you going? What was your original motivation, Patrick? I have a strange one, which is that I have this giant library of audiobooks, and I was finding I was never listening to them. Um, Basically, I bought them as a student and then I became a journalist after uni. And if you're staring at a screen all day and reading and writing, you don't want to pick up Gibbon and go through another 100 pages in the evening. So I thought I was living in New York. If I could start running around Central Park for half an hour each night listening to a book, then that would be a great way of doing it. And basically, weeks went by of me doing this. And I realized I actually enjoyed the running bit as well. And then within a few months, I signed up for a half marathon and I did a marathon later that year. So it's all with a book. Are you a podcast addict as well? or just? I also listen to podcasts, but... Those right are, answer. I try to listen to, I you know, there's something entertaining and normal about podcasts that I can just listen to them anytime. But an audiobook that's like quite difficult read will make a great three hour run on a Sunday. 
Excellent. And Laura, yeah. how, what was your original motivation? I guess it was more evolution. I mean, I, started, I, I took up running when I lived on the beach in Ireland and the beach was just the most beautiful place to run. So every day started with going for a 6am, 7am run on the Strand and it was just gorgeous. And then I just kind of kept going and there's a kind of addictive thing to it where you've done your first 10k, then you think, oh, I could probably try a half. Then you do a half and you're like, oh, wouldn't it be great to do the marathon? Now, the marathon is the height of my ambition in terms of distance running. Patrick does these, does these mad ultras. I want to be very clear I have no intention of doing a 100km race as part of this marathon I mean if at the end of yesterday's marathon someone said to me oh could you run another 20k it would just not have been possible and I just don't see the point in going beyond marathons I'm very clear on that I think I have 12 months to convince you yeah I I wish you luck with that so I think that is so (laughs) But the thing about the marathon as well is once you've done one, aside from the pain and yet today is a bit achy, and, but it's such a great event. I mean, anyone who was on the streets in London yesterday, to be part of that is just amazing. There's like tens of thousands of people all over the streets. Everyone's so happy. Everyone's so nice. All these like total strangers, they buy all this stuff. Like they buy all these drinks and energy gels and sweets and someone handed out Cool Pops, which are these like these um, ice things. And they just give them to like total strangers and they encourage strangers and they help them. And I mean, to get to be a part of that is such a big, like there are so many people who can't run for various like for, for various like physical reasons and limitations or even time to training. So if you are a person who has the capacity to do it, if you are, you know, young and fit, or even if you aren't that young, but if you're fit, able-bodied, you have the time, you have the determination to do it. It's such a privilege to be able to do it that you should. There'll be hundreds or thousands of new people hitting the streets of London this week. What advice have you got for those newbies, Patrick? The first year of running, I think, is the best one because inevitably you're going to be slow and you won't be able to run very far at first. But if you're tracking it and there's loads and loads of apps, we've talked about Strava, but there's you know hundreds, um, you will start progressing so quickly. And that's so motivating. So if you're serious about thinking, I want to run the 2019 marathon, I mean, the next year, if you start now, would just be being able to do one mile. A few weeks later, you'd be able to double that. Then you should be able to try five miles. And that's just amazing. Once you get into the second or third year, it becomes incredibly demotivating when you realize that you've plateaued and that... You know. <laughs> so you set yourself a challenge against a colleague. I can't Laura, see how about you? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I can't really? see the opposite because you see some people and they think it takes so hard to get from couch to 5K. And there's like, I mean, it takes a very long time to get, from, for, to get from doing nothing to doing 5K. And they think, how would I possibly ever get to doing 42K? But actually, the hardest time is getting from nothing to 5K. Once you get to 5K, everything else just actually flows from that. And it gets so much easier. I mean, I ran the marathon yesterday and I'm fine today. I mean, I walked into work. I went to the, to the pub after the marathon last night I was grand after my first half I remember really really like vividly lying on lying on a bed thinking I really need a drink but I don't know how I'll ever get up to achieve that and there was a mini bar at the end of the bed <laughs> and I was in that level of pain where like I couldn't have actually sat here and talked and like moved limbs yeah. and the pain level does actually come down so much in time so yeah you're not hitting PBs all the time and if that's important to you you might find it demoralising but once you get the base level of fitness it actually stays with you for a really really long time so once you get from the couch to once you get from zero up to even like 5k level which is like most towns in in the UK have 
a local park run. So the you park can use runs that. are huge now, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, park run is a really good thing to get to 5k because it's this free timed run in a park local to you. It starts at the same time every week and it's a really good like community event and they have a back marker as well, which means that no one ever comes last. If you think, oh, I can't mm. go because, I, because, I'll, because I'll, I'll be last, you won't ever be last. And that's a really good, good way to get to 5k. And then once you get there, it's such a rewarding thing because it will actually stay with you for years. You'll be able to just go out for a nice jog when the weather is is nicer if, if you're in somewhere or if you happen to be going somewhere and you see a nice place to run you'll be able to do it for a very long time Should we do a little prediction what time do we think we're going to run the marathon next year Patrick I think I've been over ambitious but I think I think Laura's been under ambitious because if you can set a PB what 4.45 yesterday yeah in that weather then you could run a 4.30 in normal weather and that's your 12 month goal so I, I reckon you can easily meet that I've probably been a bit conservative I mean yesterday I felt like I could have gone 4.30 only for the conditions um, yeah. I went out quite fast for the first half and then I just saw people dropping all over the place who were just yeah. getting taken off the course and that just made me quite conservative because I was like okay I actually feel fine but I don't want to be one of those people who feels fine and then like next thing you know you're being carried off the course so I think I think 4.30 is probably you're right a pretty low bar to cross I mean I would kind of want to go sub 4.15 I think be, I yeah, might amount to and Patrick I think you should try and go sub 3 still oh I'm not changing the goal but uh, I, I'm just aware of just I mean that's that's running every mile at 6.52 per mile but as we that's saw very fast one of our colleagues upstairs ran it in uh, 2.42 <laughs> can we that's name just, the colleague Neil Hume I'm ah, sure Neil will be the, delighted if we name just him just well done fast. Neil <laughs> like that's not just fast that's just I mean come on okay thanks very much and thanks that's it for this post marathon catch up Thank you to Lauren and Patrick and many congratulations to you both. Thank you. And many thanks to our producer, Patricia Nielsen. Follow Laura and Patrick's progress fortnightly online at FT Work and Careers and do leave us your tips and comments underneath. Thank you and goodbye. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.